0: welcome to the hot lava podcast kevin ac Padres beat writer for the union tribune i'm in seattle sports editor for the union tribune jay posner jay it's a big week for the padres it is a big week both for what they're doing who they're playing what the brewers are doing who the brewers are playing
1: they're all big weeks kevin there's only like three of them left right is that what we're down to
0: yeah um, but they for, listen to this i'm sure you know this the brewers play three division leaders in a row. They play the they Cardinals for two, they play the Mets, they play the Yankees. Um uh, th- this is a team that has a bullpen problems. I'm not saying they go uh they go 8-0 in these games and I'm not like they're not oh no, the Padres are done because they've shown the Brewers have that they can lose to bad teams. They got bullpen problems. But this is big big week for the Padres.
1: No, it, it is and and it's I I don't think it's going to be easy. I mean, I, I haven't looked at the pitching matchups for the weekend, I would imagine Zach Gallen will show yep. up this time, uh, where the Padres didn't have to face him the last time. Uh Merrill Kelly will probably pitch again. Um, you know, this week won't be easy, just these two nope. games. The Padres did not get any breaks. You know, the, the Brewers are playing three division leaders, but the Padres are playing two playoff teams, yep. and another and the third team, Arizona, has been one of the better teams in the second half. But I mean, Seattle is is a playoff team right now, and, and they the Padres have to play St. Louis right uh, next week as well. And
0: I left out that part of the reasons I'm going on is the Brewers after this have largely, other than I think they play the Cardinals again, they have largely, you know, mop-up duty, basically. Uh, they get to play uh, losing teams. But the Padres, after this road trip, go home, play the Cardinals, then play three at Colorado – Terrible, Uh-oh. And then host the Dodgers again. This, I mean, I just feel like you got to at least split here and you got to take three or four at, in in Arizona. And I'm sorry, we're to the point where it's almost like, I don't know, maybe you got to sweep Arizona and I Arizona's playing fantastic. And you mentioned the pitchers. I just think it's a it is it is huge. And I don't mean to overreact because I've been the one cautioning that the Brewers just aren't very good and that there's only, you know, there's there I think they're fighting for the one spot, two teams one spot. So you can be you can say, Hey, this team's not good enough, this team's not good enough. One of them's gotta win the playoff spot. But I just right. I just think the Padres need to sort of grab it right now.
1: Well, I, I think this is a chance to grab it, and and of course it's also a chance for Milwaukee to fall on its face and yeah. and the Padres could Either grab it by the padres could grab it by winning right. three games i mean we don't right. we don't know but it is and back to my point i mean logan gilbert is a good really good pitcher and luis castillo who pitches tomorrow is a fantastic pitcher the padres have their own fantastic pitcher you darvish going in tonight's game against gilbert i encourage anyone who has not read kevin's excellent story on darvish that was online yesterday and in print today to do so very well done a real insight into what sort of what makes darvish Darvish and a lot of it is just this is what he does and he does and he works harder than everyone else and it's I I think you even noted in there it sounds like a cliche sometimes but in this case it works for him and uh and 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 I'm assuming that the other guys on the team are somewhat in awe of uh of what he does
0: I yeah I mean a couple of them I said look I you guys talk about Darvish it makes it sound like other pitchers don't work and I know that no they do I mean I won't name names, but, like, let's say that there's some guys on there, and I actually get these questions from fans. Is this guy paying attention? Is this guy know this? Like, (laughs) yes. I mean, whoever you think is the biggest flake on that pitching staff has, before he goes into a game, has, you know, virtually memorized – what the other team's strengths and weaknesses are. I mean, these guys right. all work. And you, Darvish, makes it look like they're on vacation for four days. And I'm <laughs> overstating it. But it's yeah. funny. When I was talking with Austin Nola about working, he's, you know, used personal catcher this year. I was talking about him. It's just one of those moments, right? And uh, he's talking about how much he works. And as he does – there's a rare U Darvish sighting in the clubhouse because he's never there because he's always working. And he, I'm like, "Oh, this is interesting." And both Austin Nolan and I are watching him, and he walks over, picks up his iPad, and leaves the room again. Oh, <laughs> that's that's Yu Darvish, and then obviously possessed of incredible talent. I mean, it's almost well, like that 98 yeah. mile an hour fastball gets lost in his arsenal. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, the, you do have to mention that he really has a lot of talent. But a lot of guys look. A lot of pitchers have a lot of talent. Every pitcher in the big leagues has talent. They wouldn't be there. Otherwise, pitchers in A-ball have talent. But there is something sometimes that separates these guys. And it's it's interesting. I was especially interested to read what Nola had to say because here's a guy who had to be prepared to catch him in the past last year but didn't really because he knew that Victor Caratini was going to catch all the games. But Nola, of course, had to be prepared just in case. But this year... He knew, I'm assuming, that he was going to have to prepare at the level that Darvish expected him to prepare. And, you know, whatever they've done, they've they've worked together very well. I mean, Darvish has really only had, I mean, he's had one terrible start and one, you know, okay, one sort of mediocre start and a couple others where he got hit around a little. And that's it. I mean, he's, he's really been that good. And I, what is it, 19 straight? games where he's gone at least seven innings now or six? What 19 is
0: straight where he's gone six.
1: Right, six. And I think the last Padre pitcher to do that was Andy Ashby back in 1998. So, oh. I mean, that that tells you something right there, especially with how the game has changed now uh, in terms of of pitchers, you know, not being allowed to go deep into games. And, and we should talk about that going forward with the Padres because you mentioned that, I think it was in one of your newsletters uh, about what Bob Melvin's approaches is uh, right now
0: right I think that the pitching is kind of like the big topic right now right uh, because certainly you had the strength of the team being the starting rotation and it is no longer well it actually still might be since the offense is so inconsistent
1: uh, but, <laughs> right and that's that's not good that it might actually the bullpen might be at this I
0: point. think the bullpen is at and that's point. where there's like this intersection right like as long as the starting pitching can be good enough and I firmly believe say that um, last game, Joe Musgrove, sixth inning, he is about to face the uh, Dodgers for a third time through. He's at 60-something pitches. I think right. if you're in you know, uh, the, the playoffs, he's going out for the sixth inning. But as soon as Mookie Betts doubles, I think that he's gone. And maybe he gets one more batter. But, right. but right. you've noticed, I think it's been about two weeks now, at least 10 games, that Bob Melvin has had relievers at the ready quicker. Now there have been except a couple. Except
1: on Sunday, except with Musgrove on Sunday, because even after Beth's doubled, he didn't get someone up right away, and I even tweeted about it that now might be a good time to get somebody up, and it took like another batter and a half or so it did. before, it did. before it did. he did. Anyway, conti- and I was
0: gonna, thats what I was going to say. He has still been sort of sticking with the starters, or else they have been bad enough that he already you know that, that it was yeah. obvious but but yes with joe he's stuck with them. with relievers okay he's had guys up or at the ready almost like right away in certain situations that earlier in the year he didn't bob melvin is not dave roberts dave roberts are you freaking kidding me manages every <laughs> game and now this not dave i'm sorry the Dodgers front office manages every game like it's the freaking playoffs. The amount of mid-inning pitching changes is ridiculous. And Bob Melvin rarely did that unless right. it was absolutely called for. And lately, a lot of mid-inning. And that's a sign of what's going to happen going
1: forward and then in the playoffs
0: should the Padres get there.
1: And and one of the reasons, I, I think there are a couple of reasons, and – this is totally my speculation but in terms of why he didn't do it earlier in the season there's the the real fear of of burning these guys out which yes. we saw last year and there's also the they they couldn't care for a stretch there he couldn't carry as many pitchers and I, that number's increased since september 1st so he does have a little deeper bullpen now and let's be honest he has a little better bullpen now uh with pierce johnson coming back especially and Suarez, who continues to be really, really good. Tim Hill just had a really good stretch, um, you know, was was wild on Sunday. Uh, but that, you know, was at the end of a of a great stretch for him. Uh, Josh Hader has looked good the last few times out. You know, Garcia, Nick Martinez. I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of guys down there now. Yes. So there isn't much reason to stick with a struggling starter, of which they have too many right now. Um, and I mean, Darvish is really the only one at this point that sort of deserves to be allowed to continue. Uh, I, I didn't think it was terrible to have Musgrove pitching to Muncie the other day. I thought that was sort of okay. This is the last batter; he deserves this opportunity based on what Musgrove has done, based on how he's thrown, based on who he's facing. Uh, I didn't think it was—I didn't think it was a bad move to to do that. And you know, it didn't work out. Things things happen. Uh, that's, you know, he, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't what happened where you are last night. It wasn't Nathaniel Hackett or anything like that. So I had to it, get that.
0: I agree with you. Once he, that's what, how Bob was going to manage the, the the sixth inning. I believe in a different situation further down in the season, uh, something's on the line. Uh, it's a playoff series that that he will manage it differently, even right. before that now, I asked Bob Melvin about it and I forget exactly how I asked it, but I was asking about the sixth inning and he gave me an answer where I thought, okay, he misunderstood my question. So I I phrased it a little different. And he gave me the same answer, which is Bob speak for I wasn't considering taking him out at that point. Yeah. That's how Bob yeah. Melvin was going to manage the sixth inning with a pitcher who, by the way, that was one of the strangest bad starts I've ever seen. I like, know, I know. He was never behind. Other than the guy he walked, there might have been one other three-ball count. Or uh, that's not true. I'm sorry. He he did have a few more, but like he w- pitched really well, and then he didn't. It was like a, a it was like a Blake Snell outing by Joe Musgrove. That's not usually when Joe struggles. The stuff just isn't there, and the stuff yeah. was there. And and he was facing a really good team. By the way, I say this somewhat in jest, but you know, since June 30th which was the end of that stretch where they didn't play the Dodgers. So June 30th, they started a series at Dodger Stadium, and they've played them 12 times since then. The, right. uh, and in that, t- or 13 times, and they're 3-10 and 10 against the Dodgers since June 30th. They're 31-33 and 33 overall. So, again, somewhat in jest here, I mean, I'll just let you know, um, <laughs> that they're actually doing pretty well against everyone else.
1: Yeah, and I, I was going to say, you know, we talk about whether Musgrove should have faced Muncie or whoever could have faced Muncie. I, I've kind of gotten to the point now when you watch the Padres play the Dodgers, and I'm sure almost everyone has gotten to the, this point as well. It doesn't even matter what moves are made because almost every move that gets made, if it's the Padre move, doesn't work. And the Dodgers just do what the Dodgers do. Uh, now, that again, It doesn't mean in October that it's going to be like that. Now, look, the Padres are not going to face the Dodgers in the first round. If the Padres get to the playoffs, they're going to be underdogs against whoever they play uh, in that first round, whether it's St. Louis, Atlanta, or the Mets. So there's no guarantee that they're even going to play the Dodgers in October. And at this point, you'd probably call it a long shot. But if they do, you you don't go into that series thinking, oh, there's no chance they're going to win because it's just one series. I mean, we saw even last year – the Padres won a couple series against the Dodgers. Would I bet? Would I bet on them doing it? Of course not. Not unless I got really, 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 really good odds. Uh, but it it could happen. The Padres have bigger problems right now, though. They still have to get to the playoffs. The Dodgers are there. They clinched for the second time last night. Tonight they'll uh, most likely clinch the division. They either the Padres will lose or the Dodgers will win. Uh, the latter is pretty likely. Again, the, the Padres have bigger problems than the Dodgers at this point. They only have three more games against them. They need to worry about beating some of these other teams.
0: Right. And all that talk about them and the Brewers, and I failed to mention that what the gap is right now is the Padres are two games up on the Brewers.
1: Which is like I guess you could probably say it's like two and a half, maybe, because if it if it ends up in a tie, then the Padres advance. There. But yep. if it but if it were I, I at one point said on twitter it was like a full game lead and some guy said oh it seems like it's more like a half he's probably right because if they blew a three game lead they'd be out um but you know it really is like a two and a half game lead but either way uh it's it's two games and that's not a big that's not a big cushion when uh you know when you're talking about what 20 21 games to go i believe for both teams right now
0: it's funny, though, when I look at them behind the Padres or a game and a half behind the Phillies, and I look at that as sort of a, a big gap. Like, I'm almost like penciling the Padres into that sixth playoff spot right now. Like, they're just trying to hold off the Brewers, and I think that's more my perception. I haven't even looked at the Phillies' schedule. I'm assuming yeah. they have at least a series apiece against the Mets and the Braves.
1: Um, I, I, I would think so. Uh, I haven't looked either. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't – We could. this is something for down the line, and we've hinted at it before – I'm not even sure which which is better at yeah. this point, uh, whether to finish fifth or sixth. I, I think we've been more on just the Padres just need to get one of those spots yeah. and, and not worry about which one or start to play games because, oh, I'd rather play St. Louis or I'd rather play the Mets or whatever the case may be. Um, they just need to win some games. And, and advance. So, as we said, Darvish tonight, and is I believe it's Clevenger. Clevenger um,
0: tomorrow. Um, tomorrow. Um, yep. So, yep. Padres
1: certainly be underdogs in that uh, in that game, going against um, uh, you know going against Luis Castillo, uh, who was a guy who was almost a Padre, and I would still love to find out the real story someday about what happened with with that whole trade and why. When it blew up on the Padres, why did they send Castillo back? Wasn't wasn't there a better way to do that at that at that time? And and you know, it's one of those questions. I don't know if we'll ever if we'll ever truly know the answer. But the Padres had Castillo for what a day or two.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. What was that? Sixteen? Like Is that, that? that a part of the purge of sixteen?
1: Something like that. And that it was a good deal. And and then there was injury issues, and Colin Ray had. <laughs> had a bad elbow and and so they had to send. they had to make amends basically for for the trade and the amend they made was sending castillo um to who was uh, to
0: acquired the by the mariners uh at the trade deadline this year and uh, has a what a 270 era and seven starts for them right right and when he had he got uh was it the white Sox? he got kind of hit around by the white Sox in his last start wednesday yeah. and uh he has a he has a history as i looked back uh when he has a rough start this is what good pitchers do. He follows it with a good start. So, right, uh, and right, Playing in, you know, people talk about Petco. T-Mobile Park is every bit as pitcher friendly as uh, as, as Petco, and in some ways more.
1: Yeah, and and uh, I know that. I mean, tomorrow's a day game. I think it's supposed to be around seventy degrees, so shouldn't be any sort of factor in terms of of weather. I mean, sometimes it can get pretty chilly there, and uh, you know, like at Petco, especially early in the season, where. You know, fly ball is going to die at night. That might be a little bit of a case tonight, but it won't be tomorrow. So Logan we'll, Gilbert
0: we'll uh, was the – he's the first pitcher. He's pitching tonight. He pitched the second game of the Mariners' two-game sweep in San Diego in July. Did pretty well against them, uh, if I remember. Like, But he's done – I know what this – he's done really well since. This, they're facing yeah. some pretty good pitchers here.
1: No, I mean, these are – this is a difficult task the next uh, – um the next couple nights to uh, uh, to do that, and I I remember those Seattle games were I just looked at July four. I remember the first one was July four, so they played on the fourth and fifth. Neither game was really close. I mean, the oh. Padres only scored two runs in uh, in each game. So this is a tough task. The next couple nights before going on to Arizona. What what else have you seen over the last over the weekend? What else?
0: I don't know how we go – I'm not sure how we got almost 20 minutes in without talking about Juan Soto, but there's a lot going on. Um, Look, I I still – when he comes up, I still expect something because he's Juan Soto. But it's reached a point where he's swinging at the first pitch more often. He's grounding out uh, weakly, uh, rolling over on a ball, which is just weird. He's uh, popping up. I mean, it doesn't look like Juan Soto up there. I – even like – no, oh, yeah, he still does, you know, he gets up one o, he takes a close pitch and he does the shuffle and he stares out, but like I don't know. If I talk about that it looks like it, i probably got a perception wrong uh, because of how poorly he's done lately. It's just he still wants Soto. He just doesn't look like him and I I can't explain it other than did he really start to press like everyone else on this team?
1: Or I, I wonder also, and I've been meaning to ask you this, I mean, is it is it physical at all? I mean, he, he did miss a couple of games. Not not the recent one where he got hit, but before when he was out for a series, I think he missed a series. Did he feel pressure to come back too soon? Did he start to press after that? I mean, I... I don't know, and I I wouldn't be homered,
0: and he had a pretty good series in Kansas City after coming back.
1: That was after that, yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. It's just I mean, it's one of those things, and I, I joke a lot about San Diego sports and everything, but it just seems like it's one of those things. You know, Trace Thompson goes to the Dodgers, and you know he turns into Juan Soto. Juan Soto comes comes here, and he turns into Matt Beatty uh you know, it's just so weird that this stuff happens. I mean, what team would trade for Juan Soto and he would he would be not, he would be garbage for for a week or two. I mean it's I, I just can't can never understand it and and I you know it's it's easy to joke about, oh, he came to the Padres and there's some curse over the pod. I don't know what it is, but it, it does seem like it happens to sports teams here and it happens to the Padres and I I don't certainly don't know the reason. Um, All I know is they're awfully lucky to have Machado at this point. When you when you look at the lineup, and I was looking the other day on the scoreboard, and they have those the averages up there, and I know it's batting average, and and I'm the last it person still
0: tells something to talk about a batting
1: average. It tells you a little bit about these guys. The Padres have an awful lot of guys hitting in the two forties, except Manny Machado. The Padres have an awful lot of guys with OPSs under eight hundred, except for Machado. I mean, he has been fantastic. I, I haven't looked closely enough. He's probably going to. I mean, he should finish. I would think, certainly top five in MVP, maybe top three. I think about, you know, Goldschmidt is is going to win. Mookie Betts has been amazing, uh, as well. Machado's right there. Um, you know, from uh, off the top of my head, at least, you know, with some other guys, I haven't looked at Pete Alonso's numbers. I mean, Nolan uh, Arenado's
0: been really lately. good. I, I purposely, since I do have a vote, don't look until like really yeah, closely. There's no reason until to a week out. I want to collect the data, start asking my questions. Then I don't know how Arenado, you know, how many. Where does he deserve to be if he's on the same team with the guy who's clearly the MVP? I don't know if it should matter. I, I need to delve into that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I think it's a pretty clear cut, number one. And and, and top four for Manny, possibly top three. Um, yeah. If he finishes strong, I could see him going uh, second. Now, look, that's a reason they have a voter in every city. Call me a homer or call me the guy who watched Manny Machado carry this team. If I vote, Um, you know, there is a little bit of something. I'm glad I don't have an AL vote. That's a tough one. I'd almost feel bad writing Shohei Otani's name in disregarding what uh, Aaron Judge has done for a team that is going to win its division, you know, arguably the toughest division, certainly toughest division in the AL. Um, But, uh, you know, I, I do give a little smidgen of credence to, how much did this guy mean to a winning team and how much did this guy mean to a losing team? It's not anywhere near a deciding factor, but I mean, I watch Manny Machado every day and yeah. And I watch everybody else on the team every day. And you know how I to do that because these are really good players who, you know, I can make an argument all day that Jake Cronenworth has been valuable to this team. I also can make an argument and say, his numbers are not what, the Padres need them to be.
1: Yeah, and and yet, I mean, I think they're going to end. He's going to end up with some decent numbers outside of th- his batting average, uh, unless he gets really hot in the last three weeks. But I, he's going to end up being like a th- probably close. I haven't looked at WAR lately, but he could end, be like a four win guy, um, and you would take that from your second baseman. You I know, think everything
0: a, but his average is pretty close to what it his career, his first two years combined of what what he came into the season with.
1: So, So, you know, but it's just – there's just not a lot else from guys – You know that it's streaky
0: with Jake. It's streaky like a lot of guys on this team. Um, And except for Manny, except you know there are streaks, and then there are maybe a little slumps, and then there are what we would consider lulls for Manny. But I mean, it's pretty consistent. Whereas the rest of the team, and again, if you're not, I do this all the time. You know, if you're not watching, I'm doing like a wave, uh, spikes. What is that? What kind of chart is that, uh, Jay? A graph chart? Yeah, Uh, yeah. That's what everyone else on this team does. It's kind of ridiculous, and you know. I hate to put it all on Soto. I'm not putting it all on Soto. Or I would say, no, say it's Josh, it seemed like I am, but he yeah. is a guy you got at the trade deadline. He is your number two. It's he is written in, in bold ink as your number two on, in front of Manny Machado was getting on almost 50% of the time in front of him when, and, and now is, is not. And that's a problem because now they're solo home runs by Manny or Manny knows he's got to do something. And, you know, like anyone, he's, Manny does start to try to press a little bit, um, so uh, Josh Bell. Getting hot. Yeah. I don't think it's right for us to talk about Josh Bell's cumulative number with the Padres. He clearly was pressing early, and he's been doing really well for the last two weeks. That's the Josh Bell you got. Uh, it has hurt them obviously, uh, as 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 well as Will Myers has played. It's hurt them obviously to have Brandon Drury out, and uh, don't expect him back until the Arizona series.
1: Yeah, no, that is that is true. That it that has been a noticeable. Uh, absence here in the past in the past week, and um, you know, and and there are guys who get like you said. I mean, Myers will get a big hit. Trent Grisham will hit a big home run. But overall, they've just been so streaky that there's not much that you can rely on um, outside of uh, outside of Machado. And it's it's tough to be a one man you know a one man band. I mean, look at the Phillies. I mean, Bryce Harper went out his greatest season as he was having, and the Phillies played really well uh, without him. It's hard to see the Padres. Pot- uh, having done that, if if they had missed Machado for 50 games or whatever it was, that uh,
0: as bad as it is, Padres is fans, up. you could be the Angels, okay? Like. <laughs> the- Two incredible players. Like the stats just keep on coming. It's not the first yeah. time, but right now you got uh, Trout with his seven homers, and I think Otani's been doing fantastic during that time too. And and they're what three and four in those games. And earlier so, in the like, season yeah. when Otani was, uh, like whatever, you know, had three complete games and was you know at a twelve hundred OPS. And I'm exaggerating, but and and the they were like one and seven in that span or something. And the Angels just so just you know amazing, amazing.
1: All right. Well, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Like you said, Drury won't be back uh, until at least uh, until at least Arizona. So we'll see if he comes back then. The Padres play Thursday the next series. Uh, we can't do the show that day. We'll wait till Friday, and we'll come back on Friday. We'll talk about the three games that happened uh, and the three games that are ahead this weekend against uh, Arizona before the Padres come back home next week and there could be history here with albert pools three home runs away from 700 right now and uh we'll see what he does this week and where he stands when the cardinals come here next week but until then
0: yeah thanks everybody